And I've never been more grateful for the lectionary. I think this is the church in its wisdom assigning a reading that purposefully course corrects us because the church has seen over the course of 20 centuries its children go astray again and again, particularly when we get ourselves hyped up, sort of high on what Luther called a theology of glory. You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, your people gather all over the world to worship you on this day. I would pray that in this house, in this place, there would be nothing of me. Let all that I speak be of you. That we, your people, may be built up that your words may go deep into our hearts and finally bear fruit in our lives. Pray this in the precious name of you who are our King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So doesn't this seem like a kind of weird reading for Christ the King Sunday? I mean, it's a crucifixion scene from the Gospels. Jesus' passion coming to its summit. And yeah, sure, the thief says, you know, remember me when you come into your kingdom. But normally, like I said to the kids, we want our, our kings powerful. I mean, there's sections like that we could pull out of Scripture. We could have had the book of Revelation and have Jesus riding a white horse into battle and have banners tied to him saying, King of kings and Lord of lords. It could be an Easter Sunday morning where we see Jesus triumphant. But instead, we have the crucifixion. And I've never been more grateful for the lectionary. I think this is the church in its wisdom assigning a reading that purposefully course corrects us because the church has seen over the course of 20 centuries its children go astray again and again, particularly when we get ourselves hyped up sort of high on what Luther called a theology of glory instead of paying attention to a theology of the cross, paying attention to the crucified King, Jesus Christ and Him crucified, as St. Paul wrote. Or maybe they just looked at their own hearts and said, we need this course correction. Because when human beings invent gods, as we have done throughout history, we love to make them powerful and victorious and always in charge of their world. I think for a modern secular age, this is the obsession with superheroes. I think that's where that comes in. Um, Creatures of great power, but who think like us and who consider justice the same way we do and pursue it the same way we do. Eventually, kicking butt and taking names, basically. (laughs) 
In fact, a council member uh, who has frequent exchanges with a friend who's an atheist, his atheist friend sent him a comic strip, and that comic strip, it's Thor, who's both a superhero and a god, having a discussion with Jesus. And by the end of it, he says to Jesus, you know, right now I have the urge to nail you to something. And Jesus says, I get that a lot. <laughs> we humans invent gods who conquer the way we would conquer. Who defeat evil the way we would defeat evil. And maybe that's the reason why human history is just cycles of one tyrant overturning another. But in Jesus Christ, God defeats evil in the most unimaginable way possible, unimaginable to our simple human brains. In Jesus Christ, God takes on the fullness of what it means to be a human being, all the burdens we bear. That's what the Christmas season's really about. It's God incarnate, God literally with flesh like ours. So that when the time came for Him to die, something strange could happen. For you see, we by our sin purposefully transfer our citizenship from the kingdom of God, born as we are, children made in the image of God. We transfer our citizenship by our sin from God's kingdom to His enemy's kingdom. Satan, though much less powerful than God, has some legal rights, and one of his legal rights is to all who betray God. The wages of sin are death. Sin, death, and the devil are God's ancient enemies. And when Jesus becomes a human being, when the time comes and he dies, death that evil, dark power opposed to God, sin, death, and the devil, has claimed a victim that is not rightfully theirs. And so, of course, they can't hold that victim. And when Christ rises triumphant, we now have a path out of the grave and into eternity with God. God conquers by becoming weak. When we hear about people compromising in order to gain power, what we usually think of is a moral compromise. God compromised His power, turned it over, so that He could go literally into the belly of the beast, becoming sin who knew no sin, and conquering death who ought never have had to die. That the power of God's ancient enemy might be finally broken without breaking God's law. This is the most amazing thing because our Lord, when He comes again, will come the way we expect kings to come. It will be as a triumphant king who literally conquers and destroys all of His enemies and we're told that the final enemy to be destroyed will be death. But when he comes and conquers in that way, we cannot possibly look at him and think, oh, look, he's just one more despot like everyone else trying to take over. Because it will be, it will be a conquering of last resort. It will be a defeat of those who would not be won 
by the power of love. Because right now, that is what our God has shown us. He has shown us His love by sacrificing Himself for us. We are the only people in the world who worship a God like that. We know our King's character. And that is what that's what this story from the cross this day reminds us of. Who He is, not how much power He has. I'm going to end my sermon with a sports analogy. I don't often do this. Um, but in baseball, uh, the batter can purposely bunt the ball in such a way that the goal is for him to get tagged out, but the other goal is that the people on the bases already can advance. Does anybody know what that's called? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Do you know what it's called if there's someone on third? Squeeze play. Squeeze, squeeze play. Ah, you're, you're one ahead of me. Squeeze play. If the person on third is trying to steal home, do you know what it's called now? It's called a suicide squeeze. <laughs> Our Lord and King sacrificed Himself so that we, who have always been trying to steal home, could come home legitimately. So that when we looked at Him and say, Jesus, remember us in Your kingdom, He could say to us, I tell you truly, today you will be with me in paradise. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord, King Jesus, we so often come to you wanting your power, asking you to exercise power on our behalf. Today we thank you for who you are. For you've told us that you delay coming in power so that many might come to salvation. That we who might have turned away might turn back. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that we know who you are and how much love you have for us. Lord, we ask that you strengthen our faith as we must suffer in this world for a time. We know that the time is coming when you will cast away the shroud that is over all your holy mountain, when you will wipe away every tear and make every path straight, when you will clear the way and all will be good and right in your kingdom. Bless us and strengthen us in our daily walk that we might live as your people now, that many might see and wish to be part of your kingdom, might wish they had a leader they could trust as much as we have. This we ask in your precious name, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. My vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my life.